0: Abba Yahweh, thank you again for your grace and mercy for this new day. Thank you for allowing me to be a conduit for your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom, Father. For any that would hear and listen and seek your face in the Word, Father God, and make a decision to accept that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son, have faith in you, and walk in the Spirit. Abba Yahweh aman, Eshua, aman, Parakritos aman. This is going to be a little different, in that I'm going to share a I'm going to share a film that I watched last night while I was lying in bed. Um, a powerful, powerful film, and. <clears throat> the minions came with their white noise interference and tried to distract from the meaning of the word. I believe that God, I believe that my God, through the Spirit, brought this to me and this message, this uh, film, and not till quite late in the film, actually, did anything start to register about production and where it came from, and still not even sure that that's factual. But the story was of faith of a young girl, a child who was afflicted with a disease called Batten's disease, B-A-T-T-E-N, and it causes your body cells to not to function, the way they're supposed to, she was losing her eyesight. That started happening when she was quite young, actually. And all of her motor skills started to diminish, deteriorate. But what is so powerful about this, and I was was crying, not crying out of sadness so much for this child who did ultimately die, but in the lesson of faith, her faith in God and her faith in Jesus Christ. She was teaching her father and her mother and neighbors and other members of her of her student body at her school. She was teaching them the whole time and she didn't do any great ministerial type uh, preaching or messages. What she did do is she just shared what was inside of her that God gave her. Kindness, compassion, and love. And even as a small child, the bully on one of the other teams, the soccer teams, and her father wanted her to go out and stand up and take her out, you know, and do to her what she was doing to others. And the little girl simply looked at her father and she goes, well, how about if we just love her? And her father was very puzzled. And he said, what? And she just walked right over and the little girl had been injured by one of her teammates and was taken out. And she walked over, she put her hand on her shoulder and then she just leaned over and she hugged her. And then walked away. That is something that I find that we have great difficulty in doing in this plane of existence that we're on and that we walk in. But I was brought to tears because it brought to my mind the question of my faith, is my faith strong enough? And it was a very powerful, powerful story. And the tears that I shed were not out of sadness for this girl. It was sad that she left at such a young age, but the tears were that the love of God and her faith in Jesus and what she told her father when they they didn't understand and they began to question and they were churchgoers and prayers. And, but she just told her father. She said, it's okay. Because he's going to fix my eyes when I get home. When I get to heaven, Jesus is going to fix my eyes. And that's this resounding storyline through the whole thing. And as I said, I was, (laughs) by the end of the film, I was weeping. I started before any of this stuff really started getting serious. I was already weeping. Because the Lord was speaking to me through this. Now the minions came and they tried to take my focus away from what God intended for me. Which is what they do all the time. They want you to lose focus. They want you to look at something else. They want you to be judgmental. And they want you to point your fingers in accusation and blame at other religions and other peoples. And no matter what's going on, that's what the devil desires. And that's what he wants you to do. And he has his minions come and deliver that message to you. (laughs) Pardon me. And they do. Constantly. Constantly. And in this storyline in the film, also it aligns with what my lesson, my reading was this morning. And God is saying, I want you to learn a new habit. And a habit comes through practice. And that thing that I have told you, we need to practice to show ourselves approved. We need to study to show ourselves approved. Practicing by being in the scripture, studying the scripture, being in his truth. And God tells us, I want you to try and I want you to learn a new habit. And this is so difficult to do in this plane of existence and in our walk in this life. This is contrary to what we practice every day. Even those that will claim to be a Christian, they put that label tape across our forehead because they think it means something when people see the word Christian and it gives them some kind of, uh, I don't know, autonomy for certain things, or they proclaim themselves to be Christians, but they don't practice nearly anything at all that the Bible tells us to. They don't testify. They don't, they're not about our father's business. They just, and they go to church every every week. They claim to be this and that and the other thing, but they don't practice. They don't go to Bible study. They don't go to any programs. They don't go to prayer meetings. They don't use a prayer room at the church. There's one available. And they're not about our father's business. But this new habit, and this girl exhibited this (laughs) through this film, even in the deterioration of her body, she she started losing her sight to where she was totally blind. Then she had to be strapped in a wheelchair because her bodily functions, she couldn't walk, she couldn't do any of the things that she normally would do. This girl died at 16 years old. In her grandma's rocking chair, her mom used to rock her and hold her, and was doing so, and about a couple hours after that, she died. But this girl's faith all the time, she kept saying the whole time, I trust you, Jesus. And her response to whatever was going on with her, whatever was happening, all the negative that everybody will look at and say, well, how could she do that, how could you do that? She just kept saying, I trust you, Jesus. You'll fix me when I get home. Remember, the Bible tells us, the scripture tells us, all things will be made new. All things. When we get to heaven, there will be no more pain, no more tears, no more agony, no more sickness. We will be a new creation and we will be in glory as Jesus was in glory when he rose and he went home. We will be glorified in that manner also. The scripture tells us that. We need to focus on God, we need to focus on his power. And no matter what's going on around us, I've, I've shared this with you many times, And Elijah, when he went up on the mountain, God took him out there for a reason. That biblical story is a lesson for us. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what's happening. Examine your faith. Thank you, Father, for walking with me. Thank you, Father, for being with me, no matter what, no matter where. Shared this with you numerous times. When it says, I am with you whithersoever thou goest, it doesn't mean from point A to point B. It doesn't mean from the west coast to the east coast or border to border, it doesn't mean that. What it means is that when we are in joy, he is with us. He is rejoicing with us. When we are walking through a valley, he's still there. He sees us. Remember when Hagar was in the wilderness and she took her child, her baby, and she had to set him away from her because she couldn't stand to hear him weeping and crying for hunger and thirst. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, Hagar, Hagar, God has heard your cries. Provided her with water, provided her with spiritual strength. And her declaration was Adonai al Roy. My God who sees me. And this is what God is. It doesn't matter how deep the valley is, how dark it is, how overgrown it is with the trees and the dank forest. God sees you. He is with you there. It doesn't matter where you go. And David, we're going to flip back over. I, I have... Some scripture marked here that's an important word. But we're going to go back over here. We're going to go back in Regula Pidele. Rule of faith. We're going to go back to the book of Psalms, actually. And Psalm 139. The book of Psalms. The Psalms that David wrote as poems to God and songs to God and exhibiting his praise. And I'm going to share the first 14 verses with you of this. O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandeth my thought afar off. God knows us. He knows when we're getting up, He knows when we're going to bed. there's nothing that we can keep from him. He watches his children all the time. Thou compass my path and my lying down an art so acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. I share from Psalm because David is so much like us on this plane of existence that we walk in and that we live in, that we reside in. And remember that we reside here, this is not our home. We're passing through here. And in David's passing, he felt surrounded by enemies at all times. Not only was he the king, but he was the leader of Israel. He he was their king. He was a mighty captain and a general. But he had issues going on because he was concerned about things that were going on around him all the time and that enemies were coming at him or coming for him. And he had this turmoil on. The switch was on high with him a lot. And it is with many of us. Further in verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it what he's speaking there is that he can't try to figure, he can't figure it out with his thought process. This is what what the word translates. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. And the word tells us all the time that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His love for us is deeper than we can imagine. We cannot figure out the mystery of God. David confesses. I cannot attain unto it. He can't figure it out. We cannot figure it out, so stop trying. The mystery of God will remain a mystery until we are clarified, until we are home, and then all things, all things will be made new. We will see our families. We will know our families, we'll know everyone. and we will have God with us all the time. And this is something that's very important. This is what I'm talking about, whithersoever thou goest. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Whithersoever thou goest, He will not leave us. He promises that. That's what he's talking about. It doesn't matter where you go. It's not a point A to point B. It's got nothing to do with map direction. It's got to do wherever we are. In joy and sadness and grief, he is there with us. The emotions that we have come from God anyway. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, Even the night shall be light about me. Why? Because God is light. It describes heaven as being in, there is no sun and moon because God and Jesus are together there and the Holy Spirit walks amongst us. Always His light. Yea, the darkness shall hideeth uh, further in verse twelve. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day; the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins; thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous. Are my words, are my works, and that they, my soul, knoweth right well. His soul declares that. All these things that he testifies to the Lord. If we declare God's sovereignty, as I shared with you that practice, trust in the Lord in all circumstances and everything. And it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't really matter what happens because he has promised to be with us always and all things will be made new. This thing that I'm going through, I gotta let this go because the enemy wants me to hold on to it and be agitated and anxious and all these things. And when you let go, (laughs) oh, the power of the Lord. Thank you, Father. We've got to let go. And when we just affirm our trust in him, no matter what, his blessings abound. You can't, you've probably heard this before. I may have even shared it or someone else. You cannot outgive God. You can't outgive Him. You can't do more than God is capable of. And you've heard the phrase when He desires to open the windows of heaven and pour out His blessings. And realize that those blessings come directly from God, his grace, his love, and his mercy for us. David also writes in Psalm 63, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. We cannot escape any of that. Isaiah speaks, Isaiah 40, 10 through 11, talks about his being our shepherd. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I've shared with you, some people don't like to be the analogy of sheep. Well, remember, if you look for a fence, you're going to find it. But he is our good shepherd. A good shepherd cares for his flock and that staff that the shepherds carry. And you'll see some of the old story it has a crook on the end of it. That isn't for whacking the sheep and poking them and prodding them and goading them where they need to go. They know their shepherd's voice. I shared with you my very good acquaintance who was a shepherd. And he shared with me that he used to travel with others. And the fold that they would keep them in at night had an open, there was no gate. But they took turns at watch protecting the open gate from the animals. And when they got ready to leave, each shepherd in turn would call his sheep out. They never had confusion. The sheep never got mixed up and they went with the wrong shepherd. They always went to their shepherd's voice. This is what we must practice with our Lord, leaning in and hearing his voice. In Romans chapter eight, and I'm going to share with you again, this is our adoption letter. We need to take Romans eight, seal it in our heart, have it in our mindset, understand and know and this is something that we really need I'm going to I'm going to read starting in verse 26 Likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit Itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What does that mean? That means when you pray in the spirit, the spirit will guide your words, translate the heavenly speech. You won't necessarily understand what's being said, but God does. It's plugging into the heaven switchboard. And he that searcheth hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intersection for the saints according to the will of God. Now they're talking about Jesus. He is our great high priest. And in heaven, the the scriptures tell us that he prays for us daily. He is our intercessor. He is our high priest constantly in prayer for us. And this is this is an important one to remember. Verse 28. And we know if you're a true believer, a true Christian, not self-proclaimed, and not a labelhead, you must be a true Christian, believing that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, have faith in God and the spirit to walk beside us. Rebuke the enemy coming and trying to take these things from us. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. About my father's business. That's what I want to be. And upon that program that God brought to me. And there's a line here. Doesn't matter all those things that go on. Nothing matters around us and it's happening all the time. You see all this tumultuous hoo-hurrah that's going on. So I'm going to share with you from 1 Timothy. Again, I've shared this with you before, but this is important. Paul writes to Timothy. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All. For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. And then you're going to have those naysayers and scoffers and those that are standing on the wings. Yeah, well, that's not happening. I sure don't see it. And I this and I that. Well, goodness gracious, you say that, but you're not letting go of anything that you just prayed about. I've shared with you when I was holding on to things, I'd pray and then I'd hold on, I'd pray and then go back and I'd be holding on to it. You got to let it go. If you don't let it go, you're going to hang on and hold it and keep it close to you. So, of course, it's not going to appear that anything's going on. Of course, the appearance is going to be that they're winning. But what is winning? Remember what the Lord told Joshua when he was heading down to the valley. He was heading down the path heading to Jericho and he saw the man opposing him with his sword drawn. Wasn't going to fight him but he was just there and it surprised Joshua and he called to him. He said, are you for us or for our adversary? And the Lord simply responded, nay. What does that mean? Well, plain and simply, it means no he wasn't for either one he's not on the air side against those in the city, and he's not on their side against Israel. He didn't take a side. he stands in righteousness for truth, knowledge, and wisdom doesn't take a side, so I was reading some things about all this political hoopla and all this stuff going on, they were praying that so-and-so would win and defeat this one and give us this leader. And But that's not the way you pray. Remember when Jesus was teaching us? And it's called, many call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. Not our will, not our prayer for what we would like you to do and what we'd like to see you do, but thy will be done. Pretty simple. Cut and drive, straightforward. Prayers and everything. Your will, Father. And remember, sharing too, no matter what's going on, that we can walk out and we say, Jesus, I trust you. It doesn't matter what happens today. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what's happening to me. I trust you. You are with me. You are my Lord. You're my savior. Thank you. Period. We have to acknowledge the fact that he is our sovereign Lord, that he is our King that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, and that his name is higher than all names. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. I'm going out in my coming in every day, but we need to really be practicing this. We need to really, really practice trusting in the Lord. And if you are indeed a true Christian, and we need to exhibit that thing like this young girl did in that film. I'm telling you, I I was weeping. It was a powerful, powerful thing. But weeping again, not in sadness for the family. Yes, that storyline was sad, but in the reexamination of my faith, am I not exhibiting faith as I should be? Be blessed here in my prayers on my going out of the start of my day and coming in at the close of my day.